Well, greetings, everyone. This is George Miley. We are continuing through our series of teachings in the overall theme of maturing toward wholeness in the inner life. And today we arrive at our 20th lesson, our 20th chapter, learning how to forgive. So congratulations to all of you that may have made it through the first 19 chapters, quite an achievement. Just to say again that I'm going to be using the notes that go along with these chapters in what I want to say in these sessions. Uh, so if you have those notes available to you, by all means, use them. If you don't have them available, I hope you can find them online. And absent the notes, I hope that what is said here will be helpful. Learning how to forgive. The subtitle we've given this chapter is Changing the Effects of the Past on the Present and the Future. So that's what forgiveness does. Now, it's obvious to all of us you can't change the past once something has happened and it becomes part of the past, you can't change that. But what we certainly can do in the grace and presence and authority of the Lord Jesus, what we certainly can do, what he came to make abundantly possible, is to change the effects of what happened in the past on the present and on the future. When we make choices that are out of touch with reality, we set ourselves up for suffering brutal collusions or collisions with reality. So we're talking about reality. What is the relationship between reality and forgiveness? Well, actually, as it turns out, there is a fundamental relationship. So reality, when we make choices in life, we may be quite convinced about this choice we're making, but if it's out of touch with reality, we're setting ourselves up sooner or later for brutal collisions with reality. Now, what is the relationship between forgiveness and reality? Well, to begin with, reality number one, forgiveness has to do with the fact that I feel I have been wronged. I feel I have been wronged. What's the difference between feeling I've been wronged and actually being wronged? Well, in a lot of cases, there isn't any difference. In a lot of cases, I feel wrong because I really have been wrong. But it's worth noting that feeling wronged, understanding that I have been wronged, might not be totally the same as actually having been wrong, because my understanding of what actually happened, my understanding of reality, might need to be improved. I might have the wrong understanding in some aspects of what actually happened. So reality number one, I feel that I have been wronged. What is reality? For starters, reality is that I am not God. So that's the second thing we want to say about reality and forgiveness. I am not God. Sounds kind of obvious. If I try to take responsibility for what is God's responsibility, I will damage myself and others. So a very key 
question or issue for us to deal with in the area of forgiveness is, what am I responsible for? What am I not responsible for? What is God responsible for? And what are other people responsible for? And it's crucial that I live and dwell and stay in the area that I am responsible for and not take on something that's actually someone else's responsibility. Reality number three, I am responsible for my own decisions. I am not responsible for God's decisions, and I am not responsible for other people's decisions. If somebody else makes a decision to wrong me, I don't have control over that decision. What I have control over, what I have responsibility over, how am I going to respond? So that's where we want to kind of settle and focus. How do I respond? What is my responsibility in responding to the events of my life? And that brings us into a foundational benefit of being a disciple of Jesus, because Jesus really did know how human life works. He really did know what he was talking about. And he can guide us in terms of our choices. Reality number four, God is judge. God has not given me the responsibility to judge. Judging is God's responsibility. Jesus, so simple, said, judge not that you be not judged. Reality is that I'm a glorious being. We've talked about this before, but I think it's worth just reviewing this again, because for us to have an accurate understanding of God, but also an accurate understanding of ourselves is so crucial. Reality is I am a glorious being. I am created in the image of a magnificent God. My Father's love for me has no limits. Nothing can alter it. Because sometimes or often when we are abused, it results in us feeling unworthy, having a low view of ourselves, suffering inferiority. There's no place in all of that in reality. I am a glorious being created by a magnificent God. But reality is also that I am a fallen being. I have been severely damaged as a result of my own wrong decisions and the wrongness all around me. So here I am. I'm a glorious being. I'm a damaged being. As judge, God has made a way through whom I can be rescued from this guilt, destructive behavior, and lostness caused by my wrong choices. This way is Jesus. So we all need to hear this. I just want us to hear this again. God has made a way through whom I and you, we all, can be rescued. We can be delivered from guilt, destructive behavior, and lostness caused by my own wrong choices. The way is Jesus. He is the way. God extends to me his offer of forgiveness. God has the authority to do this. So this is God's choice. 
God looking at my lostness and your lostness, our sin, our rebellion, our arrogance, made a choice. And his choice was to come to us in the person of his son. And his reason for making that choice was that God decided he would offer to us the opportunity to be forgiven. I desperately need to be forgiven, although I could never earn it. Now here comes my choice. I must decide whether or not to accept God's offer. God has the freedom to offer me forgiveness. I have the freedom to respond. Am I going to choose the forgiveness that God offers me or not? God's forgiveness comes to me through Jesus. He is the way. He is the only way. I tell him the truth about my sin. In prayer, I bring my sin to him on the cross. I rely on Christ's cross to remove my guilt and all other effects of my sin. Jesus bore my sin, my death. In exchange, he now offers me his life. And you say, George, you're talking about how I can receive forgiveness, but actually what I'm working with is how do I forgive somebody else? (laughs) Okay, now we're coming to that. What is the connection between receiving God's forgiveness myself and learning how to forgive another? Here's the connection. Experiencing God's forgiveness begins to waken in me a heart to forgive my enemy. I am growing in Christ-likeness. I am becoming the kind of person who forgives. Learning how to forgive another begins with experiencing the transforming power of the love of God in his forgiveness of me. As I experience what it's like to be forgiven, there is awakened within me the understanding, the capacity, the heart to at least long to learn how to forgive another. And forgiveness, like everything else that we've been talking about, is not something that we should in any way hear, you really should do this, you're really not a bad person if you don't do it, Jesus forgave you, how terrible you are if you don't forgive somebody else. Not that at all. The fruit of Christ-likeness comes from the kind of person we are becoming, living in the presence and the reality and the wisdom of Jesus. As we live in his presence, as we are filled with his spirit, as we follow his way, we are being transformed into a new kind of person. What kind of person? A person like Jesus. What kind of person was Jesus? He was the kind of person who forgives. That's the kind of person he is. That's the kind of person he was on earth. How can I become the kind of person who chooses to forgive? This doesn't just happen. It takes time and work. I have to learn and mature in the process. So let me just say a word 
particularly to those of us, and I'm sure there are many of us, I know that I've certainly been here, there are certainly many of us who say, you know, I know that I ought to forgive this person or that person. I know I ought to, and I really want to, and I really have tried. But if I'm really honest, I try really hard, and sometimes I feel like I'm making progress, but then while this bitterness, this hatred, this resentment comes up within me again. So let me speak a word, if I may, of encouragement and sensitivity and tenderness to you. This is a process. Forgiveness, particularly when the wrong has been very deep, forgiveness is is itself a very, very deep transaction of the inner life. And the Lord understands that we don't get there right away. So if you find yourself struggling, come back to Jesus. How often? 70 times 7. There's no end to it. You fail, come back to Jesus. You fail, come back to Jesus. You fail, come back to Jesus. Lord Jesus, transform me. Create in me the kind of person that you are. Teach me your ways. Transform me into the kind of person who forgives. I learned this from Jesus in discipleship. Here are eight things I learned from Jesus that inform and develop my capacity to forgive my enemy. So let me share with you just eight things that have been a help to me and I think have been a help to many. Perhaps I hope they are a help to you. As you consider this whole issue, how do I become, how do I approach, how do I make sense of learning to become the kind of person who forgives? Okay, point number one. Forgiveness never denies or minimizes what is true. It does not deny the wrong. It is a way to respond to the wrong. It's the best way of responding to the wrong. It opens the door to healing. So Hannah, for example, as a Jewish Holocaust survivor, it's not uncommon for her to be among Jewish people and they hear her speak of forgiveness, and these friends will very quickly say, how can you possibly forgive? Sometimes people that are not Jewish people, how can you possibly forgive the awesome things that were done to your parents? Your parents were gassed in the back of a gray truck. Their bodies were thrown into the mass grave in the woods. How can you possibly forgive? Well, that's a misunderstanding of forgiveness. That comes at forgiveness with the assumption that forgiveness means you're minimizing the truth. I can assure you, Hannah has never, ever, ever, ever minimized the truth of what happened to her parents. It's awful. It's it's beyond words. She doesn't have vocabulary to explain how awful it is. So this is not in any way, shape, or form about denying or minimizing the truth. If I have cancer or any other kind of illness, healing requires two things. One, it requires somebody tells me the truth. And two, it requires that I respond with appropriate action. Denying what is true can lead to death. So does a doctor help a patient if the doctor knows the patient has a deathly disease or disease that could take their life? 
but doesn't tell them because it doesn't want to hurt their feelings? Of course not. So forgiveness must take place in the full light of truth. God does not compromise with truth. God's forgiveness never minimizes or denies what is true. So to talk about forgiveness, hold on to the truth. No denying, no minimizing what is true. Point number two, forgiveness means choosing to leave payback to God. So here's where we get, I'm not in any way denying what is true, but now comes the question, what am I going to do about that truth? Now, here's what, here's, this is really important. What am I going to do? How am I going to respond? Somebody took Hannah's parents and put them in the back of a great truck and turned the gas on. They did that. Now, how's Hannah going to respond to that? How are we going to respond to that? Forgiveness means I choose to leave payback to God, whether to retaliate, how much to retaliate, when to retaliate. I leave these decisions to God. So when it comes to the Holocaust, what do we do? Why did God allow it? I don't know. I don't have a good explanation. I have to leave that to God. He is the judge. Point number three. Forgiveness means choosing not to assume the role of a victim. Now, we're coming to the end of this first session, and I want to not have to move too quickly through this whole issue of the role of a victim. So I think we'll bring this to a close now. But in our next session on learning how to forgive, we'll talk about forgiveness means choosing not to assume the role of a victim. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I am so in need of your forgiveness. I have been wronged against, but I have also wronged others. And not only have I wronged others, I have wronged you, Lord. In my arrogance and rebellion, in my folly and darkness, I went away from you. And Lord, in your great mercy, you came for me. And I know that I live surrounded in the ocean of your forgiveness. Lord Jesus, teach us your ways. Transform us into people who are like you on the inside. We pray these things, our Father, in Jesus' name. 